0: Here's Pastor Scott. Let's hear the word of the Lord. I'm going to read a lengthy portion of Scripture, then I'm going to pray. In Exodus chapter 1, the Bible says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go back to Pharaoh and announce to him, This is what the Lord says. Let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs across your entire land. The Nile River will swarm with frogs. They will come up out of the river and into your palace, even into your bedroom and onto your bed. They will enter the houses of your officials and your people. They will even jump into your ovens and your kneading bowls. Frogs will jump on you, your people, and all your officials. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, Raise the staff in your hand over all the rivers, canals, and ponds of Egypt, and bring up frogs all over the land. So Aaron raised his hand over the waters of Egypt, and frogs came up and covered the whole land. Verse 7 says, But the magicians were able to do the same thing with their magic. They too caused frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and begged, Plead with the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people. I will let your people go so they can offer sacrifices to the Lord. Yet set the time, Moses replied. Tell me when you want me to pray for you, your officials and your people, then you and your houses will be rid of the frogs. They will remain only in the Nile River. Verse 10, Pharaoh said, do it tomorrow. Pharaoh, all right, Moses replied. It will be as you have said, then you will know there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave your houses, your officials, and your people. They will remain only in the Nile River. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh's palace, and Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had inflicted on Pharaoh. And the Lord did just what Moses had predicted. The frogs in the houses, the courtyards, and the fields all died. The Egyptians piled them into great heaps. And a terrible stench filled the land. Then Pharaoh saw that relief had come. When Pharaoh saw that relief had come, he became stubborn. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, One More Night with the Frogs. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the truthfulness of your word. And I thank you for the timeliness of your word. God, I believe that you are an ever-present help in our time of need. And I ask you now to help us to understand and to receive your word. God, I pray for each person in this room, Lord, that you will open our ears and let us hear what you have to say to us. God, I pray that you would speak clearly and draw all people unto yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. One more night with the frogs i want you to lock in this is an action movie and if you've been around me for a while you know i love a good action movie i was thinking about this when i was getting ready to preach it and i thought wow this is an action movie that i don't have to choose between superstar actor number one and superstar actor number two you see because Superstar actor number one and number two are almost interchangeable in my action movies. Anybody know who superstar actor number one and superstar actor number two is? Russell Crowe and Gerard Butler. Or, more specifically, Gerard Butler and Russell Crowe. Except on Tuesday, it's Russell Crowe and Gerard Butler. And on Friday, it's Gerard Butler and Russell Crowe. But I can have both them in this movie at the same time. Because I got a Moses role and I got an Aaron role. And I got a villain role, and, I, you know, we, we can put that. Listen, you can let yourself be. Well, no, don't do that. Uh, but I want you to follow this story. I'm going to set some context to you because the Bible says we have these stories for our examples that we can learn from them. And this is a this is great, great example of who God is. Here's, here's why we should study the Bible, because it will reveal to us who God is. It will reveal to us who we are. It'll show us how God deals with people. And it'll show us the way people dealt with God and what they got as a result of it. And that's why I tell you all the time, if you do what others did, you will get the same results that they got. And that can be on the good side or on the bad side. If you do the good things others did in this book, you can get the blessings that they got. If you do the bad things others did in this book, you're going to get the chastisement that they got. But let me set some background for you. In Exodus chapter 5. Uh, God sends Moses and Aaron to Pharaoh to tell Pharaoh to let my people go so they can serve the Lord. Now, I don't want to take for granted that everybody knows what Pharaoh is. And it's what Pharaoh is, uh, uh, not even so much as who Pharaoh is, because Pharaoh is a title. Pharaoh is a position. Pharaoh, he's the ruler of the known world at that point. He is in charge, and he does not love God. And hear me, he's not a good guy. He, he's the villain in this historical account. And God's man, men, Moses and Aaron, they go to Pharaoh, who is like a king, and they tell him, let my people go. Now, now, here's what's crazy. For the background, Moses and Aaron are saying, let this group of Hebrews go, which were lawful slaves of the Egyptians. Okay, you, you, you really want to be mad at slavery, get mad at Egypt. And then, you know, let, let your mind wander wherever it wants to wander. But these were slaves of Egyptians. Could you imagine, it, it would be like uh, the Burger King dude walking over to the McDonald's dude and saying, hey, I, I'm going to need all them employees, but you, 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 you uh, just, just give them. It doesn't work that way. People just don't give up. the 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 crew that they've got but moses was told by god you and your brother go tell pharaoh to let my people go now this was a day and a time where if you just entered into the presence of a king they could have you killed for coming in not being invited if you disagreed with them they could have you killed For disagreement. We don't really see that a lot in America. Uh, We see people uh, burning flags. You can go on YouTube and you can see people urinating on Bibles and laughing about it all in the name of freedom. You can go on YouTube and see people wiping uh, their naked behinds uh, with the American flag all in the name of freedom. That doesn't exist. That didn't exist back in this day. That doesn't even exist around the world today. You know, in many third world countries, they will still execute you for saying one bad word about the leader. You just can't stand on the street corner and just start screaming bad about dictators in Pakistan, in North Korea. It just doesn't work that way, and it didn't work that way here. So I want you to understand, when Moses and Aaron did this, they did it at great personal risk. Are you hearing me? What do you, what do you think people are willing to risk personally right now to follow God? I know, I know people that are like, oh, Pastor Scott, i die for the Lord i die for the Lord today. i stand up and die for the Lord today, and I'm going to tell you what I've always told you. Dying would be easy. My question to you today is would you live for the Lord? When the pressure gets turned up, will you serve God? And Moses and Aaron, they're that kind of people. They do what God tells them to do even in the midst of this difficulty. So Pharaoh is the ruler. God's people are enslaved. Moses and Aaron are representing god to this evil hearted king and they tell him let him go in exodus 5 1 listen listen to what the bible says after this presentation to israel's leaders moses and aaron went and spoke to pharaoh they told him this is what the lord the god of israel says let my people go so they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness now That don't go well with Pharaoh because he believes he's the only real leader. He believes he's the only one that should be celebrated. He believes that somebody's gonna throw a party or a festival, it should only be to him. So they're already getting set off on Pharaoh's bad side. In verse two, is that so, retorted Pharaoh? And who is the Lord? Why should I listen to him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. So get the context here just from what you've seen you don't need a lot of backstory. you don't need a degree in theology you just need to be able to read and understand verse two do you think that this pharaoh loves jesus do you think he loves the god of abraham isaac and jacob do you think he believes in the lord jehovah he said i don't know the lord why should i listen to him who is he so this lets you know Pharaoh is not about that life. He is not about somebody telling him what to do, and especially what to do with his own uh, enslaved workforce. So Pharaoh does not recognize God's authority. And I want you to know, we've got people in this room that would tell you that they are saved, but they do not recognize God's authority. Oh, I wish I had a recognition o I can put it. On Carmelita's head, wrapping it around her head, put it on her neck. Do you recognize God's authority? When I got to you, if I had a recognition of God's authority, O-meter, where would you register? I'm going to tell you one thing. I really wouldn't even want to see it. I don't need one more thing to be upset about this week. I, I, I don't need to be disappointed by anything. But I can tell you, uh, let me, well, let me just ask you. I won't tell you, I'll ask you. Does anybody believe that there are people in this room that do not truly recognize God's authority. Hmm. Does anybody believe that the majority of the people in this room don't recognize God's authority as much as we should? I want you to think about it with me. This is who Pharaoh is. This is who he's representing. We have these stories for our examples. So I want to tell you, even though Pharaoh is the villain, he's not that far removed from us because there are people in this room that honestly don't know who the Lord is. But even of those who do know who the Lord is, the, the, there are people, the majority of the rest of the people, don't recognize God's authority. And he says, uh, I don't know him, and I'm not going to do what he says. And this starts a process of ten Different plagues sent by God. How many plagues? Ten different plagues. Now, do you think these were random without meaning? Or do you think there was a plan behind it all? God's always got a plan. Everything in God's kingdom makes sense and it always has. A plan these 10 plagues listen to them real quick the first one water was turned into blood then there were frogs then lice then flies then cattle disease then boils then hail with fire then locust then three days of darkness and finally the death of uh the firstborn son across the land and each one of these first nine plagues was directed at a specific egyptian god and the last one was directed at all false gods but i want you to hear me well God never changes. God never changes. And here is the character of God. If he tells you to do something and you don't do it, he will chastise you. And if you still don't do it, he will not throw his hands up in the air and say, oh, well, what am I going to do? Can't do it. See, God is not a lazy parent. Let me tell you what lazy parents do with their children. Because some of y'all know, and I've talked to some of y'all about this, True parenting is exhausting. It is just all the time. It's just, how many more times this week do I have to punish this child? How many more times do I have to tell him? How many times do I have to stay on time? It is exhausting. Why? Because children are trifling. Rebellious, hard-headed, stubborn. Don't don't feel bad, children. We used to be children, too. And that, that's just a part of, Growing up, but here's what many parents do: they try, they 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 try. I, I, I'm I'm sure I I I'll pick on Henry without telling you all his government name. But I'm sure when your mama called you by your government name, there were times she want. And I know how much you love your mom. You 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 know this. Uh, I'm sure there were times when she thought, "What am I gonna even do with this boy?" He said all the time, all he wants to do is play sports and uh and and, and, and then but if a parent becomes tired, then many parents are like, I give up. Just go on and do whatever you want to do. Just don't burn my house down. Just, you, just run wild. Just be crazy as you want to be. How many of y'all believe that a frustrated, tired, exhausted parent with, with, a, with a way nuts child could just get to the point where they say, you know what, just do whatever you're going to do. I ain't, I, my name's Bennett and I ain't in it no more. Y'all think parents can get to that point? Y'all don't want to raise your hand. Some of y'all, that's that point. Hear me, God doesn't get to that point. Now you say amen and you smile and you nod your head, but sometimes I wish you would. Because here's the reality: sometimes we fail the test and we get punished. Guess what happens if you don't pass the test? Retake. And if you fail it again, more punishment. Play after play. Now I I want to tell you something. Uh, I I'm not sure which one of these you want uh, because turning water into blood. most of us don't, don't drink enough water as it is. Uh, but if the water was turned into blood, I'm going to pass on that. I can't even drink tomato juice. Uh, and, and, and keep V8 to yourself. Because that, that's just tomato juice with pepper in it. Uh, but water into blood, then, then frogs. Uh, frogs, oh, man. Let me tell you something. Most people... Don't even like to touch a frog. People are trying to shoe a frog with their foot. And we're going to see what these frogs do. And then lice, I, I'm going to go on record right now and say, when you jump from frogs to lice, you've upped the game. You, 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 you've, gone, you, you've gone up a notch. Uh, and, and then when you go ahead and start killing off the cattle, now we got no food to eat. Uh, I'd, rather, you know, I'd rather Elder Jimmy have frogs and lice at his house than me have no food to eat. Just the kind of guy I am. If my my choice is uh, Texas Roadhouse telling me we don't have any beef tonight or he got to have some frogs and lice, well, man, get you some pest control because I got to eat. Then then it goes from that to boils on people. No, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And progressively it gets worse uh, to the point where Pharaoh finally yields and does what God tells him to do so there's there's the end of the matter right there and uh the punch lines so you don't miss it before you fall asleep is however high God's got to take it whatever level God's got to take it to he's going to apply enough pressure on you to get your attention there's no limit to God's willingness to apply more and more and more pressure a lot of parents they get to a breaking point where they're just like I can't do anything with them i can't uh god's not like that god will continue you want to take it up a level god will take it up higher than you and i've met with people i've counseled with people who told them i don't care what it costs me i'm going to do me and that is raw stupidity and a lack of understanding that god can and will break you Mm. i don't believe that's who the god of love is well i do and and i've got bible on my side you've got nothing on your side if you disagree with the written word of god but but here's the thing pharaoh did not recognize god's authority lost folk they they don't do what god says because they don't recognize him as god they don't don't know who he is Pharaoh said, i don't know who he is and many lost people is it's not that they're refusing to recognize god's authority in their life they don't even know who god is so they don't see any authority but backsliders are a different story Christians, people who are saved that, stu- that, that put themselves in this category, they don't recognize God's authority in their lives because they think they can do what they want to do, say what they want to say, dance how they want to dance, play how they want to play. They think that they can get over like Rover to Casanova and never pay a price. But I want to tell you something. You don't see that example in Scripture. And we're going to look at this story, and we're going to find out the whole matter. And In chapter 7, God sends Moses and Aaron back To tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And he still wasn't doing it. So they turned the Nile River, they turned the water in the Nile River into blood for seven days. And this is is specific. There's meaning here. I don't have time to preach all this, but I want you to know that God starts with a smaller thing to get your attention, but not an insignificant thing. It's always significant uh I, I, I used that theory when my children need, needed spankings um when, when i was spanked my and my kids haven't been spanked in years because i believe what dr dobson said you you spank them enough you discipline them enough for first 10 years of their life you shouldn't have to raise a belt to them too many times after that but um i can promise you this their spankings were always significant That's just a good free parenting tip for you right there. God's chastisement is always significant. Don't think you're going to be slipping and sliding on God and and, and it'll be okay. He didn't just turn the Nile River water into blood for a minute. He did it for seven days. Then in chapter 8, God sends Moses and Aaron back to Pharaoh to say, let my people go. And that's where we come into these frogs. And I, I want you to not miss these frogs because I believe there are frogs in the land today. I believe there are frogs in the land today. I believe there are plagues in the land of your life that cause your life to stink, that create problems, that create difficulties. And I want you to know many of us are doing exactly what Pharaoh did in the early part when we should be doing what Pharaoh did in the latter part. What Pharaoh do in the early part, he told God no. There's people in this room telling God no today. We're going to pass an offering bucket today. People are going to tell God no. We're going to give you an opportunity to repent before a holy God today. There will going to be people that tell God no. And so there are people that are doing that. They're doing what he did in the early days. They're telling God no. Not only are we mimicking Pharaoh's early days, he didn't just tell God no. He created more problems. Read the story when you get a chance. He called his magicians to come and do the same thing that God was doing to punish them. Now, that would be like God coming to Sonia and saying, okay, I am going to give you a spanking. Well, let's make it a more realistic thing. Sonia going to Marcus and saying, I'm going to give you a spanking uh, for something you did wrong. Is that feasible? Could that happen in life? Yeah, it probably happened before. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Now, if, and listen. And Marcus is the most together young man you're ever going to meet. I mean, this, this, is, this, is a, this is a 4.0 GPA, straight, shooter, good, great, wonderful But everybody messes up, amen? So it'd be like her coming to him and spanking him and him saying, oh, that ain't nothing. Watch this. And, and he, calls, he calls his friends from across the street. Hey, show, show her how to give me a real spanking. <laughs> That's what Moses does. God turns the water into blood, and Moses is like, bump that. Hey, what? Show your stuff. And then he does the same thing. I'm like, this guy is a special kind of stupid. God puts pressure on him. He doesn't repent. He actually does something that puts more pressure on his own life. Is anybody following me? If you're tracking with me, you're going to see human nature in this. God says stop doing that, then trouble comes. You don't stop doing it. You add more drama to your own situation. Now, God is saying to Moses, you got to take these people. you got to take them out into the wilderness, and you got to have this celebration for me. And Moses is trying to obey God. In the book Exodus, it it means to depart, to leave, to move out from something. Uh, God never makes following him easy. I want you to think about it. That's worth more than the price of admission because you came in here for free today. God never makes it. God didn't make it easy on Moses. God didn't make it easy on Aaron. God didn't make it easy on all those millions of people that left. God has a process, and listen, he he, he gave them a promise. He said, I'm the Lord God of your fathers that that will take you out of bondage and lead you into a promised land flowing with milk and honey and prosper you. But between every promise and every promised land is a wilderness journey, and there's struggle in it. And we've all received promises, but we haven't gotten to our promised land yet. So don't be surprised about the wilderness journey because we've all got that to go through. But God never makes it easy. During during the course of these ten plagues, Pharaoh offers Moses four compromises. Because here's what the world wants to do when you're in a vice grip. And I want you to realize today, God will put you in a vice grip. When you're in the pressure cooker of disobedience and, and things are starting to unravel in your life, and typically they start unraveling emotionally first. And then that spirals down into many different problems from there. So if you're already feeling uneasy in your mind about the things that you're doing, then, then, then you, you, need, you need to make correction quickly. Because when you don't make correction quickly, only thing you can bet on is more plagues coming your way. But when you get in that pressure cooker and you're thinking, I really should quit this and repent, guess what the enemy's going to do? He's going to offer you a compromise. He's going to offer to make life easier on you. And this is what Pharaoh does for Moses. He doesn't say yes, but he does offer some compromises. He says, the first compromise, he says, don't leave, do it here. Don't leave, do it here. Don't do exactly. God said to offer him a festival and celebrate him. Good, do that, but do it here. This is partial obedience. Let me tell you, what, what partial obedience gets you in, in, in God's court of obedience, it gets you a fail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. God is not interested in partial obedience. Jesus did not give the Father partial obedience. He obeyed God fully. The second compromise, he said, when, when that didn't leave, because the devil will keep pressing you. Wouldn't it be great if you could tell the devil no one time? Well, what if you at a, 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 a fork in your life where you could go this way or that way and you know you were going the wrong way and, 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 and the devil started offering you compromises and you said no and the fork just closed and you went right back. It doesn't work that way. He'll keep upping his game to make life easier on you and God will keep making life more difficult on you until you yield to him. So he says, leave, but don't go too far. Because God told Moses where to go out into the wilderness. And Pharaoh's like, well, don't go. Stay here. You can can worship God here. Then when that didn't work out, when Moses was resolved to to follow God, he said, well, leave, but don't go all the way. And I want to tell you something. There are people people in this room right now. You've left some of your stuff behind to follow God, but you haven't gone all the way. And, and, And when that didn't work, he offered a third compromise. He said, leave, but allow your children to remain. And and, and that sounds weird because nobody would literally leave their children behind, but I want you to get the big picture. It's it's saying you can follow God for yourself, but don't follow God completely to where you impact others. So it's it's this false, hidden level of servitude. And then the fourth compromise, he says, leave. But leave without your flocks and herds. And this is where most people that are following God right now, they're following God. They're, they're, they're leaving the world behind, but they're leaving their money with the world. Mm. We don't even want to think about that too closely. Because then you might have to look at that offering bucket more seriously. They, they, they leave the world, they come to God, but they leave their resources connected to the world I love what I heard one preacher say and I believe it's still true today I heard him say it almost 40 years ago that if you want to see what you really love the most just open up your checkbook well nobody writes checks anymore mostly uh, just do you look at your online banking and see where most of your money goes to if if most of your money goes to the beauty salon cuz you gotta get it did If you're spending more money on putting rat poison called Botox in your face than you are on other things, the Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be too. There are people that spend more money on their groceries than they spend, than they give freely to the Lord. I don't believe you should spend more money on anything than what you give to God. That's my personal theory, but you leave your flocks and herds behind if you want to. The enemy always offers alternatives. To God's plan. But I want you to know this today. God does not accept compromise. God, God will not be negotiated with. You can't just pull terrorism on God and expect it to work. God would just say no. Because God is not desperate for followers. God is not desperate for people to do what he has called them to do. And there might be some things in your life that you need to get away from today. But they might not want to let you go. Moses, Aaron, and God's people needed to get away from Egypt, but Egypt didn't want to let them go. I want to tell you something. The more you hold on to the world, the more the world will hold on to you. If you give an inch, the world will take a mile. That's why we all know somebody. Some of us have been in the places ourselves. Somebody misses one church service, it's easier to miss two. Somebody stays out for, listen, every church in, in Jacksonville right now is back to having a live open church. After criticizing us for never shutting down, and, and I'm telling them all the same thing, and I'm not making any friends, but I'm not worried about their friendship. I'm, wor- I'm concerned with telling the truth. I ask them all, oh, I heard you're having church again. Yeah, we're excited. We're having church. In church again, it's so good. It's so fun. And I tell them, well, uh, remember when you told me that, that you know, we, we shouldn't be having church? M- make it colder in here, Dina. Um, and they said, yeah. And I asked them, what's changed? Did coronavirus stop? Have the cases gone down or are they still going up? Did people quit getting sick from coronavirus? Listen, the world's always going to offer you compromises, but God is not here to accept compromises. And and the more you give into the world, a lot of people quit coming to churches because of COVID. And, And they stayed out for a couple of weeks. That turned into a couple of months. And now they're not even reading their Bibles anymore you give an inch the world will take a mile if you embrace the world the world will embrace you but i'm here today to tell you we need an exodus because you'll never be all that god wants you to be until you do all that god tells you to do you'll never have the power with god that you say you want to have until you begin to walk in total obedience listen to exodus 5 22. then moses went back to the lord and protested why have you brought all this trouble on your own people lord why did you send me now this is preacher talk to god for i'm tired of these people hating me this is preacher talk to god for uh i, I i'm just sick of it i know you know about this judy i know i know you know about uh why would you even send me to this this crowd god they ain't gonna listen to you why you got me doing all this uh, they're, now they're mad at me they're trying to kill the messenger in verse 23 the bible says ever since he said ever since i came to pharaoh as your spokesman he's been even more brutal to your people, and you've done nothing to rescue them. I want to tell you, this is another trick. It's another trap. It's, it's, it's another ploy of the devil because when you are in your process of making your exodus, but you've held on to the world for so long, now the world is holding on to you, don't open your mouth foolishly and blame God and say it's God's fault. Don't open your mouth foolishly and say that it's God's fault. Here the man of God makes a foolish... Uh, accusation against God, uh, saying that you've done nothing to rescue them. I want to tell you something. When you find yourself in the vice grip of life, and it feels like God is not helping you, he's always there. And he's doing things that we cannot see. And he's got a plan that we do not always know. Now, at this point, Pharaoh actually makes the lives of the Israelites harder. And, And this is what's causing Moses to say this, because they were building... Egypt they, they were building the great structures of Egypt and they were making brick out of straw and mud and here Pharaoh says I'm, I'll make it harder on them I'll make them make bricks without straw I, we won't collect the straw for them and, and Moses said you told me to do this and now you're making it hard I want you to understand obedience is not easy and many times the process takes longer than we want And if you've attached yourself to the world, sometimes it's a long process and a hard process and a difficult process and a painstaking process and a a soul-splitting process of breaking away and having your own exodus. And sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. In Exodus 6-1, the Bible says, Then the Lord told Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. When he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let The people go. In fact, he will force them to leave his land. And God said to Moses, I am Yahweh, the Lord. I want you to understand today and get this for sure. God is stronger than anything else. No matter how hard you try to hold on to the world, no matter how hard the world tries to hold on to you, God will have his way. I don't think you heard me good enough, so I'm going to say it again. God will have his way. Fight if you want to. God will have his way. Let the world fight on your behalf, but God will have his way. And anything that finds itself fighting against the will of God, disobeying God, will be steamrolled, flushed, plowed over, plagued until they repent and give it all to God. Look. Let's look back in chapter 8. God's already brought the first plague on Pharaoh for his disobedience. There's always consequences for disobedience. If you're taking notes, write that down. Point number one, there's always consequences for disobedience. You think you can get over. Do do y'all know every child in this room thinks thinks that they they can get over? You remember how you were as a kid? Let me just pick on Ava. Hey, you can't sneak nothing past her she already did it she knows what it looks like she know, she sees the warning sign that's why kids think you hate me you don't like my friends you just want to destroy my life you want to ruin me no mama sees where that thing's going mama already saw the movie and knows what the last chapter of that looks like daddy already watched this and sees where that ends and and, and they want to cut that off because Parents should have learned by now, even if children don't understand it, and Christians should have learned by now that there are always consequences for disobedience. People think, well, as long as I don't get caught, I'm not hurting anybody. It's not true. There's always consequences for disobedience. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting people around you. There's always consequences. Listen, you reap what you sow. And I want you to understand, not only do we reap more than we sow, no farmer plants a few apple seeds, hoping to only get a few apples. When a farmer plants some apple seeds, he wants that tree to grow and produce thousands of apples for many years. This is how sowing and reaping works. This is how planting and harvesting works. Not only do you reap what you sow, but you reap more than you sow. So I sound a warning to you. I sound an alarm for you today. You've been out there sowing dirt. You're not just going to get back the dirt, you're going to get back more dirt. You reap what you sow, but you reap more than you sow. I don't give you all a lot of cliches, but I've given you this one before, so I'll give it to you again, and I want you to understand it. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. You start playing around with sin, you'll realize it has drug you down, and it has got a hold on you. And that little stumble begins to be a fall down. And that little fall down begins to be a stronghold. And that stronghold begins to be a a bondage that you can't break free from. Sin will always take you further than you want to go. You want to play around with it a little bit because you like it. But then you realize it's a trap. Fish that get caught, they want the bait. They don't want the hook. You go fishing, that fish sees the bait. They don't bite it thinking this is going to result in my death. But it's shiny and I want it. No, they think I'm going to eat this and it's going to be on time. It's going to be good. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Inside every bait, there's a hook. Inside everything that draws your attention away from God, there is a hook. There's always consequences for disobedience. Put, put verse 1 and 2 up for me. Thank you, Mike. Uh, In verse 1 of our text, Exodus 8, the Bible says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go back to Pharaoh and announce to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs across your entire land. I want you to know that just as the frogs were coming for Pharaoh, the frogs are, are coming for everyone who walks in disobedience to God. If you're sitting there thinking, Are you telling me? That because I'm not doing everything right, that I'm going to have frogs in my land? Yes. Are you telling me that if I'm just doing a little bit of dirt, that I'm going to get frogs in my land? Yes. Not just frogs in your land, a plague of frogs. Not just frogs in your land, not just a plague of frogs in your land, but in your entire land. I told you sin will take you further than you want to go, cost you more than you want to pay, uh, keep you longer than you want to stay, cost you more than you want to pay. Look, look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, the Nile River will swarm with frogs. They will come up out of the river into your palace, even into your bedroom and onto your bed. They will enter the houses of your officials and your people. They will even jump into your ovens and your kneading bowls. Now, you see, he, he talks about the Nile River because they love them some Nile River. Now, we who grew up in Jacksonville, we understand we've got something in Jacksonville that is uh, forever connected, uh, academic in, 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 in learning to the Nile River. What do we have that connects Jacksonville to the Nile River? The St. John's River. Why? Because only the Nile and the St. John's River and all the world flow naturally north. So the people in Jacksonville, we used to be called the River City. When I was a kid, Jacksonville was the River City. Then we became the bold new city of the South, and then we just became the joke of the world. Uh, if you don't believe me, go YouTube Florida guy, uh, and you'll find out. But they love the Nile River, and they, they worship. The God of the Nile River. So God attacks what they love. God plagues what they love. God takes, makes something that they see as good and turns it into something bad. And he said, the, the, your Nile River, your precious Nile River, that thing you think makes you so awesome, that thing you think makes Egypt better than every other city in the world, it's going to swarm with frogs. We're not talking about one or two frogs. We're not talking about what I had to go through. Man, when I lived in Eagle Landing, and, and I, I've got a pond behind my house now, too, so I'm not looking forward to that. If you live in one of these waterfront subdivisions, uh, it's not waterfront. It's a ditch with water in it. It might, be a, it might look like a pond big enough to put a boat on, but that's a man-made retention pond. All right? That's for water to drain off, too. And if you, if you ever pay that $20,000 waterfront upgrade to live on that ditch let me tell you you're going to be miserable in march april may and june because frogs do not have a short mating season and when it comes when that when the weather starts <laughs> that's all night oh ain't it It just drives me crazy. I literally pulled my AR-15 out one night, and I thought, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to spray this whole lake. And I thought, "Eh, I can't get all of them. And it wouldn't look good on the paper. Pastor arrested for killing water. But to have these frogs, they just make noise. They stink. They're wet. They're gross. They come up. You love your Nile River? God's going to put frogs in your Nile River. You love your palace? You think you're special, Pharaoh? You got guards around your palace? They ain't going to keep these frogs out, even in your bedroom, even in your bed. Now, here's the thing, and we don't most do this now. People in other countries still do it. Um, Some of y'all that have traveled, you've probably seen these beds with nettings around them to keep the bugs out, to keep the mosquitoes out. They had nettings around beds. Rich people had nettings around. God, like, man, put all the guards you want to. You don't do what I say? I'm going to get my plague in your favorite river. I'm going to get my plague inside your most protected place. I'm going to put my plague in your bedroom and even... In your most private place, he said they'll enter the houses of your officials and your people. They'll even jump into your. uh, Listen, this is frogs going wild. These frogs are wilding out. There's so many of them, they got nowhere to stand. They're on top of each other. You open the oven, and they're like, "Whoops, we ain't in there." It goes from bad to worse. Frogs were worshipped back then as a symbol of fertility and strength. They had a frog, God, and I want you to hear me. God will take what you think makes you good and cause it to be a curse in your life. Look at verse 4. Frogs will jump on you, your people, and all your officials. I want you to understand, just like Jonah had to understand, disobedience brings problems not just to you but to everyone around you disobedience brings and 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 see because here's the lie well what i do in the privacy of my own home doesn't affect anybody but me yes it does yes it does no matter how isolated you are no matter how much a to yourself person you are we live in a world that is connected together communally and your disobedience brings frogs and stink and pain on everyone around you look look at verse five then the lord said to moses tell aaron raise the staff up in your hand over the rivers, canals, ponds of Egypt, and bring up frogs all over the land. So Aaron raised his hand over the waters of Egypt, and frogs came up and covered the whole land. Now, every now and then we get a frog. You seen these frogs before you unlock the door, Dina? You're trying to go in, there's other frogs, just nasty. Now, do you just reach down and pet them? No? Yeah? You shoe them off with your foot? Or you just try to jump in real quick before they get yeah? Frogs? Uh, frog. Okay, so she jumps over the frog to get in one doorway. Now, imagine if from the time you parked your SUV, you open your door. They start jumping in your car. You try to look for where to put your foot. Squish. Squish. And you just squishing all the way to the door. You want any pieces of that? You're staying home. But guess what? They're in your house. This is gross. This is horrible. This is hard. They covered the whole land. I'm not talking about a frog you can step over. And we're not just talking about frogs. Frogs represent problems in your life. These aren't problems you can step over anymore, child of God. These aren't problems you can step over anymore, lost person. They're everywhere. They're covering Your whole world, verse 7 said, but the magicians were able to do the same thing with their magic. This is a special kind of stupid. (laughs) This this is where crazy man's like, oh, you think that's something? Hey, home what? Knock me up some frogs. You already got tragedy. You're pouring gas on the fire. Now, I want to tell you something. That sounds stupid, but every person in this room has been guilty of it. When you've been walking in disobedience and God brings hardship in your life, you're just like, I'll show God, I'll get a double. Let me just go ahead and double down on this trouble. And and this is what Pharaoh ends up doing. Now, look at verse 8. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and begged. Oh, we're going to begging now. We're going to begging. And, And this is a place where people who... Don't really want to get right with God. They 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 start begging for convenience. We're, he's not begging God. He's begging Moses. He said, "Plead with the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people. I will let your people go, so they can offer sacrifices to the Lord." This is this, this is what I call. Uh, uh, convenience begging it's that begging you do when you're drunk and you get to dry heaves and you just tell god anything if if you just make this go away it's it's when you get so drunk that the room is spinning and you're just like oh god i'll I'll love you forever this 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 isn't really repentance this is convenience begging he he realizes that this has gotten out of hand and and he says uh i'll do anything uh because here here, here's my second point pain is an eye-opener but well, some people are too stupid to let the pain, the initial pain, cause them to do something. Some people just don't respond. Listen, when your body feels pain, that is your body telling you something is wrong. And when you begin to feel pain emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, or relationally, something is wrong pain is an eye opener and sometimes when you go through some things you respond correctly and give it to the lord but if you don't that pain is coming look at verse nine pharaoh said or moses said you set the time so pharaoh says yo man get these frogs i will do anything i'm done i give up you win no mice. you win no more of this for me and so Moses knows oh you convenience begging me now so Moses says in verse 9 you set the time he says you want all this to change you let me know when exactly what time you're going to let the people go I'll I'll get these frogs out of here but you got to be serious set the time tell me when you want me to pray for you your officials and your people then your houses will be rid of the frogs they will remain only in the Nile River and in verse 10 Pharaoh says, do it tomorrow. Now, some of y'all with some wisdom are already laughing at the hilarity of his stupidity. Okay? Now, if Deacon West had you on flat on the ground sitting on your chest choking you, and I walked over to you and said, Say, I'm sorry, and he'll let you go. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. When you want him to stop choking your breath out and your eyes bugging out of your head because you're turning purple. Do it tomorrow. Now, we laugh and we think, how could this dude be so? He's believing that he's got the remedy. When does he want the remedy? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Now that sounds stupid on his part, but how many of you know we do the same thing? When are you going to get right with God? When are you going to start being the woman, the man, the young person God created you to be? Tomorrow, down the road, later. When are you going to give in to God and start serving God in the right way so that you can walk in blessing and not play? Tomorrow. So Pharaoh here chooses, he's going to have to, listen, He's upright. Hopefully, he's done shoot all the frogs off his chair, and he's sitting in his chair. And he's talking to the man of God. The man of God says, when you want this to happen? Well, hopefully, he don't have frogs crawling on him right now. But he says, do it tomorrow. Because he's not really serious about doing business with God. But he's not smart enough to realize, you might be sitting in a clean chair right now, but when you get up, you're going to have to walk across Squish. And listen, they didn't even have closed-toed shoes back then. Do I need to paint that picture? They didn't have running water back then. You just couldn't go get the garden hose and hose that off. He said tomorrow, how many people do the same thing? And I'm going to give you the third point. We're going to get out of here. Delayed obedience is dumb. Delayed obedience is dumb. Dumb. If you believe God is God, if you believe God is stronger than you, if you believe God is serious about his being serious, then you ought to repent now. Just as soon as I get past this hurdle, Pastor Scott, I'm I'm, going to do what God called me to do. Just as soon as I get out of this semester, just going to do, going to do, going to do, going to do. Pharaoh was living in going to do land. But going to do, don't get the frogs out. Tomorrow, don't get the frogs gone today. Delayed obedience is dumb. Why put yourself through one more night with the frogs? I mean, if he had a brain at all, he should have said, do it right now, right now, immediately. But I don't even know how smart this dude was, but I got to believe when he was laying in bed and couldn't get any sleep. Listen, I don't know if you've ever been in in a a camping situation where bugs were or even in, in a hotel or your own house, Bzz, you got that bug keep buzzing around your head. Not a whole lot of sleep going on right there. You get you get in a place where you're trying, he's laying in bed. <laughs> they're, they're all they're crawling in his face. He's not sleeping, he's miserable. I wonder if he told himself, why didn't I just? Why did I say tomorrow? Why didn't I just do it? Delayed obedience is dumb, and we're no smarter than he is. Look at verse 11. The frogs will leave your houses, your officials, and your people. they remain only in the Nile River. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh's palace, and Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had inflicted on Pharaoh. And the Lord did just what Moses had predicted. The frogs, the houses, the courtyards, and the fields all died. I want you to know that God is willing to take you out of the vice grip. God is willing to remove the pain from your life. God is willing to remove the plague from your life once you do what he tells you to do. Verse 14 says, The Egyptians piled them in great heaps, and the terrible stench filled the land. So Pharaoh and all his people got to sleep in frogs and stink one more night But then the man of God prays, and God removes the frogs from the land. He kills off all the frogs. But but look, look at what verse 14 says. The Egyptians piled them into heaps, and a terrible stench filled the land. I want to tell you something. You embrace the world, and the world embraces you. You do dirt. You stay in disobedience to God. Your land's going to start to stink. And even after you repent, I want to tell you something. There's going to be heaps that you have to walk around, and there's going to be stench that lingers. My fourth point, the longer they stay, the more life stinks. The longer they stay, the more life stinks. That's why I tell you all, and I want you to hear me good in closing. Repent before it hits the fan. Repent before your whole world stinks. What do most people do? They don't do that. Think about parenting, because Christianity is so closely tied to parenting because God says He's our Father. Don't you wish your kids would get serious about their grades before three days when report cards are about to come out? Don't you wish your kids would work as hard on their grades in the first week of nine weeks? Because Let me tell you something. If you ain't figured your kids out, let me tell you about kids because I know about kids. When the new grading period starts, They're on relax for the first four weeks. Ah, I got time, report cards. Ah, I got time, I got time, I got time. But the longer you wait, the more it stinks. Don't be like that. The longer you let these frogs stay in your life, the more it stinks. Last verse, verse 15. But when Moses saw that relief had come, he became stubborn. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron just as the lord predicted oh man this sounds like church people so much i've seen this movie a thousand times in ministry people get their life all messed up people get their life all messed up i had to go meet a family family that used to be at this church left mad talk trash about me about this church then they got in some uh, bind legally cops drama they called my house midnight, asking me, "Can I meet them and pray with them?" And I ain't talked to these people in over five years. And they called me out of my house at midnight. Uh, didn't even, didn't even apologize, repent, say, "I'm sorry about what we've been through." But can you help me? Just went straight to, "Can, can you meet, can you meet me at this restaurant? Uh, I need somebody to pray with." And I didn't say, uh, "Bump you." I didn't say, aren't you the same one that was saying X, Y, Z? No, I said, I'm going to put my shoes on. I'll be right on my way. And people want to call out to Moses and call out to Aaron when they're in the stink and say, do whatever you have to do to get this fixed. But I've seen this so many times. Once it gets a little bit of relief, they just fall right back into doing what they were doing. that got them in a the jam in the first place. So when, Mo, when Pharaoh saw that relief had come, he became stubborn. He refused to listen, just as the Lord predicted. He didn't give in, so guess what? More plagues, more plagues, more plagues, more plagues. There's consequences for disobedience. God uses pain to open your eyes. Delayed obedience is dumb, and the longer you stay in it, the more life stinks. And I want to ask you today, don't spend one more night with the frogs. Don't keep saying that you're going to get right with God. Get right with God now. Don't keep saying that you're going to serve God the way you should. Serve God the way you should now. Don't just keep saying you're going to give your all to God. Choose that life now because the only way to keep the plagues out of your land is to stay right with God. Because if you fake repentance or you hold on to disobedience a worse thing is coming. And I sound an alarm for you today to tell you a worse thing is coming. If you harden your neck against God, a worse thing is coming. God just continues to pour plagues out on Pharaoh. And Pharaoh doesn't listen. He pretends like he's going to get right, but then he doesn't. He pretends like he's going to get right, and then he doesn't. He says, I'm getting right, then he goes back on his word. Till eventually the last plague, and you read the story and find out God sends a death angel and kills the firstborn in the whole land, including Pharaoh's child. God could have started with that and broke the back of Pharaoh and made Pharaoh do what God wanted him to do. But God is just and fair. He's loving. He's kind. He's gracious. He's forgiving. He didn't start by taking the thing Pharaoh loved the most. He just started putting a little pressure on him. God's been putting some pressure on some of y'all to get your attention. And you haven't let it happen. So He puts more pressure on you. And if you don't let it happen, He's going to put more pressure on you. But you can't win this game. You can't win. You can't outlast the eternal God. You you, you can't undo what the all-powerful God chooses to do. And you can't resist the strong arm of the Lord. He will continue to put more pressure. He put more pressure on Pharaoh. He put more pressure on Pharaoh until he finally, Pharaoh had to, in his rebellion, lose his child. Don't choose to spend one more night with the frogs. Whatever it is that God's telling you to do, just do it. And after you do it, let it be done. Don't go back. God is not a respecter of persons. The way he did it for them is the way he's going to do it for us ten plagues end up coming on Pharaoh because he just simply wouldn't do what he knew. And here's the thing, he knew he was going to do it. He knew eventually he was going to have to yield. And if you have any brain in you at all, you know eventually you are going to yield to God. How many more plagues do you want to come your way? How much more stink do you want to deal with? How many more difficulties do you want in life? In Exodus 12, God kills the firstborn, and that was finally the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, I'm pleading with you today don't resist so long that God sends more straw until your back breaks. Give in to God now, because He's going to get your attention. He's going to do it His way. He's going to send the right pain eventually to get you to say enough. The Bible says that the Word of God is a rock. And you can fall on it and be bruised by it. Or it can fall on you and crush you. We fall on the rock. When you're wrong and you have to admit that you're wrong, there's some pain in that. When you repent, there's some pain in that. When you fall on that rock, there's some pain in that. But not the pain of being crushed by it. So I give the option today. You can fall on God. Or you can be stubborn and let God fall on you this is the choice for all eternity the choice is yours but know this even as moses told pharaoh it will be as you have said it will be as you have said pharaoh said get rid of them moses said that can happen when do you want it to happen he said tomorrow because he wasn't really ready are you ready are you really ready to give in to God every area of your life. Don't spend one more night with the frogs. God's plan may be, seem difficult or hard, but his way is always the right way. So I'm closing and I'm done with this. And I want you to answer this question for real. Do you believe that God's way is the right way? Do you believe that? Then get on with it. Get on with it. Get the frogs out of your land. Get the stink gone and be who God created you to be so that the world can know that not only is God the God who answers by fire, but He's the God who loves us and is gracious and merciful and forgives us of our sins. All you have to do is ask God to forgive you. He's not going to make you pile frogs up. He's not going to make you crawl over broken glass. Everyone in this room is only one prayer away from being perfectly right with God. If you are here and you're lost, all you have to do is ask God to save you and he'll do it. If you're here and you're saved and you believe that you're truly saved, but you've got difficult plagues in your life, he said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I offer you hope. Today, by letting you know, it is not a long, elongated process to getting back to God. If you will draw close to Him, He promised He'll draw close to you. Some of you have been away from God. You don't experience God the way you used to, the way you should. And you feel like you don't know how to get back. He said if you just draw close to Him, He'll draw close to you. And if you'll confess your sins, he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. You could leave here today totally right with God. You could leave here today completely clean before a holy God. Or you could spend one more night with the frogs. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit that comes to convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. God, I pray you convict people now. God, I pray that you would save every lost person in this room. And I pray that you draw every one of your children to do what you've told us to do. To let go of the world and cling only to you. We confess that your way is right today and we choose your way, God. And we ask you to strengthen us in the inner man. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine podcast and visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to AOCFnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.